0: it's great to be in the sec welcome back to another episode of the sec recap podcast i'm your host ben warren you can find me on twitter at sec recap sorry i guess x that's x now not twitter you can find me on x at sec recap at sec recap on youtube however you're listening to me Uh, to this podcast, whether you're on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you prefer to chug your pet podcast, come on over to YouTube, join us over here, having a lot of fun. You can follow along with graphics and videos and all the stuff I pull up on screen to help us get through each episode, but all that stuff will be linked in the show description. We are coming up on week 11. We got three more weekends of college football regular season and then we are into bowl season uh love bowl season we'll be doing all the bowl game previews i can get my hands on in the sec um and then we're coming up on that 30 day uh transfer portal period gonna be a lot of stuff happening Going to try to follow it all. Um, Hard to catch it all, but we're going to do our best here on the SEC Recap Podcast. Changing it up just a bit this week. Going to do a quick week 10 recap. Say that five times fast. A quick week 10 recap. Um, And then I'm going to save a little bit of time. Instead of doing previews for the full SEC slate for week 11, I'm actually going to dig in just a little deeper to the UT, Missouri, and Ole Miss. Georgia lineups and I'm kind of getting back in my groove as we start to transition back into bowl season where I like to do the uh, team on team, uh, you know, statistical matchups and stuff like that. Uh, I know you folks on YouTube really, really appreciated those last year. So I'm bringing those back and you guys have showed your support. We're past 300 followers on YouTube now, which I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate. Very, very thankful to all of you who listen and tune in. Wherever you are, but like I said, head on over to YouTube. It's a lot more fun. Like, subscribe. Um, and with that being said, let's get into it. So here is our week 10 recap. Now, uh, we'll go maximized here. Let we go. Um, so first game up, these are all the noon games or the 11 a.m. games, right? We had 17 Tennessee hosting UConn, one and seven UConn Huskies, well, one and eight UConn Huskies now. Uh, and laid the wood, 59 to three. Um, I did pick Tennessee to win, pick Tennessee to cover. They were 35 and a half point favorites. Over under was 55 and a half. That was a ching, ching, ching. We hit on all three. Um, you know, usually if we just hit two out of the three, that's a dub, but when you hit on all three, that is... Exciting. So I had originally picked 47 to 10 as my score um, for the Vols cover. 59 to three was the final. Joe Milton was great. 254 through the air, two tutties. Jalen Wright, eight carries, 113 yards and a tutty on the ground, including a long one that was like 82 yards or something. Uh, He continues to impress. And yardage-wise, total yards, he is not leading the SEC. He's number three in the SEC. uh, But when you look at yards per carry – and the fact that he's splitting with Jabari, Small, Dylan Sampson, who each have about 400 yards and some touchdowns, man, Jalen Wright is just a dude. Uh, Squirrel Wright added two receptions for 94 and a touchdown. So the Vol's offense of these last two, three weeks, markedly different than what we saw from them through the first you know four or five weeks. Um, They have made incredible strides. Joe Milton is playing with a ton of confidence in a Vols offense that is playing with that kind of confidence, coupled with the defense, which has been greatly improved this year, especially against the run. Um, That is a team I guarantee that nobody wants to play. Then we had... Tex a going to number 10 Ole Miss Ole Miss three point favorites and the over under was 53 and a half my score was 30 to 24 thought Ole Miss would kind of just cover that they handled it no problem. Um, it was thirty-eight, thirty-five. Defense suspect there, um, so kind of a push on the spread, but they do get the win, and we do hit the over. Um, Ole Miss has to travel to play Georgia. We're going to dive more into that matchup. A and M falls now five and four overall, three and three in conference. Um, uh, yet another just under, underwhelming, underperforming season relative to the talent. By Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. What's going to happen there? I still don't think he's going to be fired. It's going to cost him too much. You owe him seventy-five million. Then you got to shell out another hundred million for whoever you bring in next. Uh, I'd hate to be an Aggies fan, man. I would hate to be an Aggies fan. That's just, just the the amount of underwhelm underwhelmingness coming out of College Station, especially in the football world. Basketball's pretty good. You know, you got some other things going on there, but at least when it comes to football, not great. Jackson Dart, 387 through the air, two tutties. Quinshawn Judkins, 23 carries, 102 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Some of your yardage leaders there. Ole Miss offense, really, really great. Defense, eh. We'll take a look at that a little bit more in depth here in a bit. Um, now, I tweeted about this one early in the week. Arkansas going to Florida. Um, Arkansas not been good. Um, they did not have a conference win. Florida playing okay, but I always had Florida pegged at a 6-16. and six team. I tweeted out earlier in the week that I thought this game could be closer than maybe people realize. I still thought Florida would win, home field advantage, but hey, a lazy noon kick after getting your ass whooped uh, by Georgia the week before five and a half point favorites thought Arkansas could definitely close that gap um, or come close to it. You know, a, a six point game, something like that. Um, and I took the under on 50 and a half. And I was wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm not never afraid to admit I'm wrong. I put my opinion out there. I put my picks out there. Uh, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. You know, some people like to run, run away, hide, delete stuff. When they're wrong not me um you know you win some you lose some i thought this would be more like a 28 22 given arkansas struggles uh 39 36 arkansas wins it in overtime um miss on the outright pick miss on the spread obviously and then mega whiff on uh the under there but good on the razorbacks you know sam Pittman kind of buys himself an- another game or two um Still question how long he'll actually be there, but uh, Arkansas gets it and Florida is still looking to get bowl eligible. They're not there yet. We'll see if they can do it. Just got harder. All right. uh, Really, another really, really interesting game that I talked about in the preview. It was the Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks in Columbia, South Carolina playing the, south carolina gamecocks jacksonville state 16 and a half point underdogs uh my pick was for south carolina to win outright the over under was 55 and a half um the way jacksonville state had been playing i knew they could score south carolina's defense has been atrocious even south carolina fans will admit that i know you will because i listen to your call-in shows every week um that was a win, win, win. Got all three. So Jacksonville State covered final score there 38-28, a 10-point win. And it went late. Uh that, that was a tie ball game there late, uh, late in the game. My my initial pick was 36 to 20. So, you know, a few points off there, but nonetheless, Jacksonville State keeps it within the spread. South Carolina still wins, and of course, we hit the over. So check those boxes. I know people were ragging on Beamer for you know doing the whole like our guys are going to celebrate that win, and I get it. It comes across a little defensive. That's always kind of how he comes across in his pressers, just just a little, just like a like a mild, slimy level of defensive, uh, for lack of a better term. But I do think he kind of had a valid point, man. Like they they they've been through a rough stretch, and so you do have to celebrate a win. Wins don't come easy in football ever, especially not in the SEC. Now, this is a team that you should have handled no problem. They didn't exactly do that. So I get the criticism for the, you know, the find some joy and we're going to celebrate, you know, because we earned it. I get that. Have your fun. It is a win, but, you know, you got to be a little bit better than that. So I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about how to feel. Um, I never really cared for Beamers pressers. I've been open, openly critical and, public about that here on on this podcast about um you know the things he says and the way he handles the media just it never quite feels uh, as professional as it should but um he also kind of had a point yeah you, you do have to celebrate a win especially when you've been through a rough stretch like they've been to so good on them um you know they still have to play Kentucky they still have Vanderbilt I think they got Vanderbilt this weekend and and then they got Clemson um Kentucky you know I don't think they're beating Kentucky. Vanderbilt's definitely winnable. Uh, That would get them to four. uh, And Clemson just laid it to Notre Dame. Thought Clemson was looking more and more beatable each week. Still think um, winning out, win out percentage for the Gamecocks here, very low, you know, just about a 13, 14% chance to win out. So don't think they're going to do it, but hey, they did win a game that they had to win. And in this sport, that counts for something. All right, game of the weekend. Uh that was number twelve Mizzou at number two, Georgia, the two time defending national champ there. Fifteen and a half point favorites at home in Athens, over under a fifty-five and a half. Um I did think Georgia would cover, just based on you know kind of how they played Kentucky at home, the way they handled Florida, the way you know the week before. Uh, we're going to dive into some stats with Mizzou. Uh, I think I think people are are a little hasty to kind of hang a banner about you know, they play Georgia closer than anybody past two years, so you know that they're they're next up to be champions. I pump the brakes on that. We'll look at some stats here that kind of illustrate that Mizzou's still in the good, not great, category. Uh, But Georgia is also defensively kind of in the good, not great category. This is not the same Georgia defense we've seen. So Mizzou able to take advantage and had a chance to be in that game late. They weren't. I thought this one would be 38 to 20. It ends up being a nine-point game, 30 to 21. So I was pretty bang on with uh, Mizzou's points there. Um, Georgia's just not quite able to cash in that late touchdown that would get them to like that 36, 37. Point range that they that they kind of needed for the cover there, but no big deal. Dogs still win by two scores. Um, we do miss on uh, the point spread and the over there. Uh, 30-21 comes in under the 55 and a half. So Georgia still undefeated. Georgia still controls the East. They do have Ole Miss coming to town. Uh, that is a pivotal game. If Georgia loses that game and then loses to Tennessee, assuming Tennessee wins out, um, you know there's still an outside chance that uh Georgia is not you know going to Atlanta for the uh SEC title game however it's a you know the the margins there the probabilities it's it's fun to think about it's uh highly highly unlikely as well all right then we had auburn um I should have had this swap this is auburn at vanderbilt um I thought this game would be like that 27-18. It was pretty close. It ended up being 31-15. Um, Auburn did win, and we did come in at the under on 49 and a half. So that was two out of three. Uh Vanderbilt just not quite able uh to cover there, about a touchdown away from being able to cover that spread. Um I mean, not a whole lot else to say. Auburn gets its second SEC win. Granted, it's versus Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has no SEC wins. They're still two and eight overall. Auburn, meanwhile, improves to five and four. They definitely have an opportunity to get bowl eligible. They will play Arkansas. And I think they get a New Mexico State. So winnable contest for them to possibly get to seven and five. Um, I don't think they're beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Um, Sorry, just the realist in me. But, you know, Peyton Thorne, Offense not great, but they do enough, especially against teams like Vanderbilt. One ninety four, two touchdowns and interception. Jarquez hundred nineteen carries for hundred eighty three yards and two touchdowns, so they got it done on the ground, uh, and did enough through the air to get the points that mattered. Um, and then we had Kentucky going down to Starkville, where they had not won since two thousand eight. Uh, playing Mississippi State, the Klanga Klanga. Wow, I. I this was kind of a big miss score wise for me. So I picked Kentucky to let me start over. I picked Kentucky to win. Um, and I picked the under on 45 and a half. So that was two out of three. However, I thought Mississippi State would score enough at home to keep it within that four and a half. Thought it'd be about a field goal ball game. Boy, they are, they are just not good. Um, just not good i mean mike wright in that offense he was 11 of 21 for 78 yards and interception chris parson ends up coming in six of 14 67 yards i mean they had 31 yards rushing um and 17 yards receiving like this was atrociously bad um like 218 team yards like they're listed as 100 – hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back here. Sorry, 145 yards passing, excuse me, not receiving. 73 yards rushing. Um, I got a couple numbers mixed up there. But, golly, just did not expect it to be that bad. But Kentucky wins in Starkville for the first time in you know 15 years. Good on them. Uh, was bang on their point total, 24 points there. Um, just huge whiff on the Bulldogs point total. And we'll move on to the biggest piece of crow that I got to eat publicly uh, on Twitter and on this podcast. You know, my big time upset pick was LSU winning a stunner in Tuscaloosa. And and it looked like a ball game. It really did look like a ball game until Jaden Daniels got hurt. Now, LSU couldn't stop anything Bama was doing. I just thought, you know, when the consensus shifts to one side of the boat and every, every, the consensus was, you know, Alabama's going to destroy LSU in Tuscaloosa. Now, that's the logical pick. And that's probably the direction I should have gone. But I'm just a little bit of a contrarian. When, when everybody shifts to that side, I like to kind of uh, step on the other side just to add some counterweight uh, in the off chance that, you know, the majority is wrong. The majority in this case was not wrong. Uh, The minority was wrong. That minority was me. I was big time wrong. Um, I was really close to the point total, just not the right direction. So my original pick was 40-24. Alabama ends up winning at 42-28. Was a ball game until Jaden Daniels got knocked out with an injury, concussion protocol, whatever he had to go through. Um, So miss on the LSU pick and the the win. I mean, we do hit on the – the over on 61 and a half, but got to go two of three to get it there. Uh, Alabama controls its own fate in the West. It would have to lose twice to, let's see, Kentucky and Auburn, I believe, um, for Ole Miss, and Ole Miss would have to beat Georgia and then win out uh, its SEC schedule to jump Alabama. So, again, outside chance, sure, Uh, likely realistic probably not um so there is your quick your quick quick week 10 recap um and just before we dive into some power rankings I want to take just a minute to share with you uh there are no ad reads no sponsorships on this podcast I do this all just for me um and I'm thankful to each and every one of you who listen Um, So, I just want to take a quick minute, a quick 60 seconds um, to plug some stuff. If you want to donate to the pod, link is in the description below. I've also got a QR code up here on screen on YouTube. Just a buck, a buck, two bucks, a cup of coffee, just to kind of help pay for some, you know, hosting costs to run my website and just some, you know, kind of offset the cost of time spent, you know, recording and doing all this stuff. It does take up substantially more time than. you might think definitely what I thought before I even started doing this uh, a little over a year ago. Um, But if you also like merch, I've got some great merch for you. My sec pride merch and some additional stuff on my bonfire store uh, over there at bonfire.com slash store slash recap. Again, link in the description below. Um, Let me clear my, my scripts off here. There you go. So I've got a new shirt out, which I love my big doink energy t-shirt. Um, let me throw this QR code up there. Uh, if you love big doinks, flex your level, big doinks with the big doink energy Tee. um, comes in a variety of colors, long sleeve, short sleeve. I've also got uh, my Tennessee beer barrel champs, uh, my beer barrel apparel up there and my Michigan FSI football sideline investigator. Thank you to those of you who have bought one of those. Uh, I love it. Um, but if you're a Vandy fan, fan, A&M fan, Tennessee fan, Carolina fan, Mizzou fan, Ole Miss fan, whatever you are, I've got stuff on here for you um, in your school colors, uh, outline of the state, school name, mascot in the location of the school. It looks great. The hoodies are awesome. Got some great feedback on the hoodies. They're soft. They're super comfortable. Um, everything fits, looks, and feels great. So head on over there, bonfire.com slash store slash sec recap and check out that sec pride merch it just helps me out a little bit and i'm greatly greatly appreciative all right let's check out some power rankings so not a lot changed here um except the number one and two from my previous week so i moved alabama into that number one spot i thought the way that they handled lsu um Probably their strongest win today. That and the Tennessee win. Uh, I know both those wins were at home. I, I don't know that they have like a a marquee road win, but just the way they handled getting punched in the mouth uh, against Tennessee, coming back and controlling the second half. And then, you know, once Jaden Daniels is out of the ball game, they took the bull by the horns there. They just look good. I mean, they look like late season Alabama, exactly how you'd expect them to look. Um, I think neutral site, you line them up with Georgia right now. Georgia's not winning that football game. And if you're a Bulldogs fan and you hate hearing that, sorry, I know Bulldogs fans are like the most touchy people on social media right now. How dare you disrespect the dogs? I bet I don't care. Like, I've watched both teams play every single weekend. I'm telling you, you line both of those teams up on a neutral field. Alabama's winning that football game nine times out of 10. So, um, Alabama one, Georgia two. I put Ole Miss at number three. I think they're clear cut number three. That defense is still suspect, but they score enough points and they do enough uh, creative stuff offensively to really give any team fits. I think they might give Georgia some fits. Um, game, game, you know, could be closer. I don't think they're going to stop Georgia, but um, I think Lane Kiffin is is going to have some creative stuff. Definitely don't want to be wrong on that. Um, and then behind Ole Miss, I got Tennessee, uh, who is ahead of Missouri at number five. Now I know Mizzou fans are probably not going to like that either, but when we dive into the offensive in deep or Atlanta or New Orleans, who's winning that game? I'm taking Tennessee over Missouri by the numbers. Okay, um, so we'll dive into those. I do have LSU behind Missouri again. This is week ten to week eleven power rankings. Uh, LSU absolutely decimated Uh, if you line Mizzou LSU up again on a neutral site, um, especially if Jaden Daniels is, you know, uh, limited LSU. They're just even as good as that offense is. They cannot stop a sneeze. uh, So they're going to have a hard time staying in it, I think, with any of those teams in the top five. Now, behind LSU, like that that middle four, it's really a pick em, Okay, so number seven, I got A&M. Number eight, I got Auburn. Nine, Kentucky. Ten, Arkansas. Eleven, Florida. Right? Any of those teams could beat any of the other teams on just about any given day. Probably on a neutral site, these are coin flips, right? So A&M, just kind of based on the strength of that roster, I think – belongs in the 7 spot, definitely above Auburn. Um definitely above Kentucky just based on what I've seen from Kentucky. You know, these are all your 5 and 4, 6 and 3. I know Auburn's now like at that 5 and 4 mark. Um Arkansas just beat Florida this past weekend in Gainesville, so yeah, I, I feel comfortable picking them on a neutral site. And then in the back half, it's South Carolina, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt at 12, 13, 14, and honestly, you might convince me that Vandy could beat Mississippi state like Mississippi state just looked inept inept this weekend. Like, I think, I think if you stack them up with Vanderbilt, I think Vanderbilt scored points and Mississippi state ain't doing much of nothing. Um, you know, South Carolina has got big problems defensively. They're decimated offensively. Some of their, their best players offensively, um, you know, are, are struggling to get going, just struggling to convert yardage into points. So there's your back three, you know, it's a coin flip in the middle. And I think your top five, top six uh, are pretty solid. Um, if you have arguments or you think differently, you know, drop a comment, tweet at me. Uh, that's totally fine. Just be decent about it for some reason people get on the internet and they have to start <laughs> if somebody says something that you don't agree with you just got to start name calling and you know the whole nine yards like you just you can have a different opinion i have different opinions it's never personal with anybody um i don't think other people are idiots i just disagree with what they say so anyway if you disagree that's fine let me know if you agree let me know Um, And with that being said, let's dig right into this UT-Missouri game. Uh, We're going to start just by jumping right into the numbers here. Um, Offensively, okay, the narrative to this point, at least through the last three-week stretch or so, has been how elite Mizzou's offense have been. I'm kind of paraphrasing, right? Cody Schrader is the number one running back in the SEC in terms of yards. Sure. Other, other teams split yardage between running backs, always something to keep in mind. Okay. But Brady Cook, Luther Burden, uh, that Mizzou's offense are just elite. They could score on anybody. They're dangerous. Well, here's what the numbers say, okay uh Mizzou has the number 36 scoring offense that's in terms of points per game now we're going to look at passing rushing and total yardage as well if you're here with me on YouTube you got it right in front of you so again if you're listening in audio form I encourage you to head on over here to YouTube like subscribe smash that thumbs up button share with your friends or fam Mizzou has the number 36 scoring offense Tennessee the number 23 offense now First four or five weeks of the season, nobody was really thinking of Tennessee as having an elite offense. Certainly weren't, you know, the conversation didn't look like a top 25, top 30 offense. Mizzou's putting up 32.4 points per game. Tennessee's averaging 34.8 points per game. Now, a lot of people say, well, yeah, that's a little skewed because Tennessee just put up 59 on UConn. Well, yeah, that's a part of it, <laughs> you know. Points per game is points per game. I, I get that 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 game pads that stat a little bit, but you know, Mizzou could have padded their stats against South Dakota. They didn't. They could have padded it against MTSU. They didn't. They could have padded it against Memphis or Vanderbilt. Didn't. Right? They're scoring in the mid-30s in those games. You scored 35 against South Dakota, 23 against MTSU, 34 against Memphis. It's not bad. Um, but you know those were opportunities where you could have scored more uh, and didn't. So by the numbers scoring offense, Tennessee's better. Tennessee is a better scoring offense statistically than Mizzou. I'm going to say it one more time. Tennessee statistically has a better scoring offense than Mizzou. Okay, let's move on to passing offense. This is where Mizzou has an advantage. Mizzou has the number 23 passing offense. Tennessee has the number 59 passing offense. Okay, Mizzou averages 285 yards a game. They have 18 passing touchdowns on the season. By contrast, Tennessee averages 239 passing yards per game. They have 16 passing touchdowns on the season. So advantage Mizzou the passing game. All right, let's look at the rushing game. Tennessee has the number three, number three, one, two, three rushing offense in the country. Okay, Cody Schrader might be the best running back in the SEC in terms of total yards. But when you look at rushing offenses as a whole, it's not even close. Tennessee, number three rushing offense in the country, Mizzou number 78, not even top 50, not even top half of the country, okay? Tennessee averages 228 rushing yards per game, 17 rushing touchdowns on the season, and they've done that against elite rushing defenses. Alabama, Texas A&M, who, who still might have the best rushing defense in the SEC, one of the best rushing defenses in the country, okay? 228 rushing yards per game. Tennessee can run on anyone. They, they've they proven it, okay? Mizzou, number 78, 149 rushing yards a game. Most of that's Cody Schrader. They're also averaging 17 rushing touchdowns a game. So advantage there, Tennessee. So in terms of total yardage, Tennessee has the number 13 offense. Mizzou is 36. Tennessee averaging 466 yards a game. Mizzou averaging 434 yards a game. Let's flip it on over and check out the defense. Again, if you're watching here on YouTube, you're going to see the discrepancy right away. Tennessee's got a top 25 defense as well as offense. Number 21 overall defensively, Mizzou number 54 defensively. That's about where they shook out last year in their six and six or six and seven season. Okay, so statistically. By the numbers, not much has changed for Mizzou defensively. Definitely not what we would call an elite defense by any stretch. Okay. Um, Tennessee allowing just 18.4 points per game, Mizzou allowing 24 points per game. Again, a lot of people might say, well, Tennessee beat UConn 59 to three. Again, yes, that's part of it. You play the opponents you play, and you have to score as many points on them and prevent them from scoring as many points as possible. Okay? Let's look at passing defenses. Tennessee, number 55. Mizzou, number 65. By the way, just a seven-yard spread there between 55 and 65. 222 for Tennessee, 229 for Mizzou. Tennessee, though, just allowed eight passing touchdowns. Mizzou has allowed eight. Team, passing touchdowns okay that is a huge vulnerability especially against an offense that is going to spread you out stack sets into the boundary okay mizzou likes to run i think like that cover three defense they like to roll a safety down um and stack the box and play stout against the run don't think that's going to matter much against tennessee who's proven they can run the ball and guess what you roll that safety down you're going to see Ramel Keaton, scroll white stacked out there to the boundary. Uh, and one of them's going to run past your only safety that's back there. So I think, I think this has kind of been the recipe for, for how Tennessee has torched Mizzou in the past um, is, is by spreading it out sideline to sideline, letting Mizzou roll that safety down there to play stout against the run. And Tennessee has just been content to, you know, chuck it on some seam routes and um, chuck it on some some stack sets into, into the into the boundary line there. I think you see that again. I mean, it's worked for Tennessee the past two years. I don't see any reason why that would change. Um, all right, let's move on to rushing defense. So rushing defense, Tennessee number 14, Mizzou number 26. Tennessee allowing just 97 rushing yards per game, only giving up nine rushing touchdowns mizzou pretty good as well 114 rushing yards allowed per game allowed five rushing touchdowns so you're much more likely to score through the air on mizzou than you are uh to probably pound it in in the red zone something to think about uh if you're tennessee you're more likely going to be scoring from you know several yards out as opposed to um power run game in the red zone um but then in terms of total yardage, Tennessee, number 21, Mizzou, number 42, 319 yards allowed for Tennessee, 343 allowed for Mizzou. Now, I also like to include turnover margin. Uh, Tennessee is plus five. They just had three three turnovers for scores against UConn. So again, that does pad that stat a little bit, but that was a historic defensive performance. It's only happened three times ever in the SEC. I believe first time ever for Tennessee, three turnovers for touchdowns. Mizzou just plus one on the turnover margin, so credit the defense is there. Um, I think both of these teams would need to cause some destruction, uh, some havoc, uh, and create some turnovers to kind of swing this game. Um, but again, we're just looking at Tennessee, number 23 offensively versus Mizzou, number 54 defensively. I like that matchup, okay? We're looking at Mizzou, number 36 offensively versus Tennessee, number 21 defensively. Again, that advantage I think strongly favors Tennessee, especially when it comes to run defense. Tennessee has a great run defense. They limited Ray Davis to 40-something yards on the road against Kentucky. Like, We kind of know how both these teams are going to play. Now, they are – sorry – ESPN really, really likes Tennessee. Uh, That FPI heavily favors Tennessee in this game. Vegas, not so much. It's really more of a pick-em. I think it opened in favor of Mizzou. It quickly swung to Tennessee minus one. So flip a coin. I haven't put out an official pick yet. Um, I'll, I'll put out all my picks probably Friday or Saturday morning. I won't do a separate pod. I'll just do a graphic and post it on Twitter. But, you know, the over under here is 58 and a half. So let's just, let's do some quick math. So 58 and a half divided by two, that's 29.25. So Vegas is basically thinking that this is like a 30 to 28 type game um i definitely think it could be but i think if tennessee gets to 30 they're going over 30 i don't think mizzou's defense is good enough i think tennessee would have to beat themselves in this game to be held to under 30 would not be surprised to see tennessee get to the high 30s maybe even low 40s i'm thinking this one could be evolves 38 um missouri 28 or like a 42-30, 42-28, something in that range. I think Tennessee ends up winning this comfortably. Uh, if you just look at the past few years where they've hung 60-plus on Mizzou, and Mizzou's consistently scored in that 24 range against Tennessee. Until proven otherwise, I, I'm just inclined to feel the same way this year. Give me the Vols unofficially 40-28. to 28 okay that'll be my pick let's move on look at the last game here uh this is Ole Miss Georgia and we'll start once again with the offense so uh really close here in terms of offense I like this this is gonna make it exciting Ole Miss number 14 scoring offense Georgia number 10 scoring offense Ole Miss with 38.8 points per game. Georgia with 39.3 points per game. Um, The biggest differences are going to come in their pass versus run. Uh, Georgia does have the number six passing offense, which is crazy. You don't think about that, but they do. 325 yards a game through the air, 18 passing touchdowns. Meanwhile, Ole Miss, 298 through the air, 18 passing touchdowns on the season as well. That's good for 14. Then on the ground, uh, this is where you see the biggest drop-off for Georgia, number 47, okay, 168 rushing yards per game, 23 rushing touchdowns total. Compare that to Ole Miss, who's putting up 181 on the ground and averaged uh, or totaled 24 rushing touchdowns on the year. That's good for number 35. And in terms of total yardage, they're really you know, close, close again. Ole Miss, number 12. 479 total yards a game. Georgia number six, four hundred and ninety-three total yards a game. So two really, really good passing offenses. Slight edge to Ole Miss in the ground game, especially with Quinshawn Judkins. Um, but you know, really, really balanced here, balanced offensive attacks here. Uh, Georgia having the biggest discrepancy between uh its run and pass. Over on the defensive side of that ball game, uh This is where you see the largest discrepancy between these two teams. Georgia, number six defense in terms of scoring defense. Ole Miss, number 45. And and here's where I think you see that Georgia offense really swing the game in Georgia's favor versus this Ole Miss defense. So Georgia allowing just 15.4 points per game. Ole Miss giving up 22.9 uh, on the ground, sorry, through the air, Georgia coming in at number 19, 182 allowed through the air, 11 passing touchdowns compared to Ole Miss, who's at 64. So Ole Miss is really kind of in the middle of the road. They're middle of the pack in the country in FBS uh, in terms of passing defense, 228 allowed through the air and given up 12 passing touchdowns total on the season Um, and same on the on the ground here uh rushing defense georgia number 16 in the country just 100 yards allowed on the ground seven rushing touchdowns given up through the season versus ole miss who's allowing 137 and given up 13 rushing touchdowns rushing tutties buddies as i like to call them um just good enough for 55 so total yardage ole miss coming in at number 61 in the country again right there in the middle of the road 365 yards allowed versus the Georgia Bulldogs who are just allowing 282 yards per game. Good for number nine in the country. Turnover margin, Georgia plus two, Ole Miss plus eight. That is something to watch out for uh, from this Ole Miss defense. So they give up a lot of yards. Um, They've given up a fair amount of points, uh, but they have created... A lot of turnovers, so that will be interesting to see if they can swing uh, swing this game back in their favor. But when it comes to just the outright matchup, this is what I keep coming back to. That number 10 Georgia Bulldogs offense, averaging almost 40 points a game, elite passing attack, okay ground attack, versus Ole Miss's number 45 scoring defense. Number 61 overall defense. I just think Georgia's gonna move the ball. I don't think they're gonna have much trouble moving the ball. I think Ole Miss offensively will have some success on Georgia, especially through the air. That's gonna be where Georgia is kind of the most vulnerable. Um, but I like Georgia in this game. So Vegas likes Georgia as 10 and a half point favorites um this is also a 58 and a half point over under so again quick math here divide that by two let's add half of that spread back um this is a really crude way to do it guys but um so vegas is kind of feeling like a 34 24 type ball game um maybe 35, 24, something in that range. So Ole Miss good for three touchdowns and a field goal. Georgia probably pretty good for four or five touchdowns. Um, They may not have to kick much at all. Um, And I'm inclined to agree with that. I, I think that's a good pick. I don't know if I, you know, I thought Georgia would cover the 15 and a half against Missouri. I think Ole Miss is a better offense than Missouri. You know, you, you can't judge one game by another, but uh I'm inclined to think that Ole Miss could keep it closer than that ten and a half. So I might say again, unofficial prediction, give me Georgia like thirty four Ole Miss I uh, will say twenty six, you know. Um, maybe they have to k- kick a few field goals or miss a miss an extra point. You know, something weird happens. I don't know. Um, but it keeps it within that 10, um, but still kind of like a, like slightly wider than a one-score ball game perhaps. Uh, so there you have it. Guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Like I said, I'll put out all my picks for the SEC slate on Friday or Saturday. Um, don't forget, follow me on Twitter at SEC Recap. Uh, head on over to youtube i'm at sec recap there as well check out my bonfire store bonfire.com slash store slash sec recap find you some awesome sec pride merch for your favorite team or check out my other merch uh like my featured big doink energy tees over there super excited for this weekend got some great games that could decide the east and west or at least lock up the east and west Ole Miss at Georgia Tennessee at Mizzou I've kind of run it down told you what I think let me know in the comments what you think uh, hit me up on Twitter as well I'm excited to follow along with these stay tuned for my picks this weekend guys have a great week have a great weekend and I'll be here to recap it all with you next week on the SEC